Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, so for this week, I uh, wanted to go over the recap, the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, went to Game 7, and then recap the Western Conference Finals. I won finishing 5, um, and then do an NBA Finals preview. So we'll start with the Western Conference Finals since that one ended sooner. Um, I think I had said... Uh, uh, Warriors would win that in five just because, you know, with the Dallas Mavericks, um, you know, great season for them, honestly. Um, They had, you know, they had, um, you know, I guess reasonable expectations. People didn't, I don't think anyone saw that they would make it to the conference finals. Uh, Mainly for me, you know, with Luka, the issues with Luka is, you know, he seems to, um, I know, I know that sounds weird saying the issue with Luka because he's their best player. And his seems like he's going to be a generational talent just by the way his career is going so far, and you know he, he's he's going to be you know with Dallas for you know however long uh, they decide to keep him or however long he decides to play. But the one thing, the one issue I have with him is his conditioning, and you know uh, Jason Kidd alluded to this as well. Reggie Miller, you know, was outspoken about it um, like before I think Game Three or something. Uh, but he comes into shape a little bit overweight or into the season a little bit overweight. And then he kind of plays his way into shape, which isn't a good uh, spot to be in, you know. So, like, he'll take the whole summer off, you know, um, eat whatever he wants, I guess. Because he's still young. And, you know, there was there were some people, you know, within the Mavs front office. They realized that he liked, uh, he liked drinking a lot of, uh, you know, sweet tea and, you know, uh, sugary drinks and stuff. And so he would kind of eat whatever he wanted. And so they kind of limited that. And then they gave him like a nutritionist and all this stuff, you know, to kind of help uh, balance his diet, you know, help, uh, you know, lengthen his career and just to keep him in, in tip top shape. Right. But he still came in probably, what, 10, 15 pounds overweight and just seemed tired. Wasn't, um, you know, couldn't last long in games and stuff like that. So. In the beginning of the season, Dallas struggled a lot, right? And we saw that, and um, you know they they were kind of on the bottom of the standings. But then late in the season, when once he got his legs under him, you know started playing a little bit better, got into shape. Uh, you know they were more consistent, and then honestly, defensively, the way that they played defensively was was amazing. You know they were I think they were top five in net rating uh, defensively for the the teams in the playoffs. And then number four is Boston, but, you know, and then I think, you know, they, they were able to see how they can play without Luca once he went down, you know, in the first round, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Jalen Brunson stepped up. Um, I don't know if he's good enough to be their number two and, and win a championship. And then same with like Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, he stepped up too, but you know, now you're relying on, on Spencer Dinwiddie and um, Finney Smith and, um, you know, Jalen Brunson, you know, he had some great games, but then there was some other games like, okay, you know, you can see his limitations, you know, in big moments. Um, you know, what I do like about Jalen Brunson is he's a big body like Luca is. So offensively, they could just, you know, bang into guys, get into the paint and, and be aggressive that way, which I like. Um, and they're bigger than other guards in the league. But, you know, uh, and then team defense wise, they, they play really good uh, defense. And I just think for for Dallas, it's like, you know, they're kind of, they're missing something, right? You know, they need, I think they need, need more depth 
They need uh, some shooters, obviously, and uh, they they just need someone who can take the ball out of Luca's hands. But you know, someone you have to guard as well. You know, like like Jalen Brunson, like you're not as worried about him as Luke. Obviously, like you have a tier one and maybe like a tier four or something. You need someone who is at least tier two, right? He needs a number two option. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of options that they can go for, right? They need they need the big fish to play with Luca. You know. Uh, Przingis wasn't that guy. Try to make him that guy before the draft of Luca, and he played well. You know, he was good in New York, but they just didn't like each other. Didn't get along as well. Um, so you know, I don't know. DeAndre Ayton is a possibility, but he needs to have the ball served to him on a silver platter. Like he's not, he's not a guard or wing player who's creating his own shot. You know, um, there's so there's some there's some limitations in that sense. You know where. Luca has to set him up or, or Brunson would have to set him up. But Jalen Brunson, he earned himself a big contract, whether that be with Dallas or with someone else. But um so I mean you could look at you could look at uh DeAndre Ayton, you know, as far as talent wise goes and in interior scoring. And, you know, he is young too, so you can you can have those two young foundational pieces there. Or, I mean, I don't know what the hell is happening with Bradley Beal. I don't think Bradley Beal knows what's happening with Bradley Beal. But, I mean, if he actually wants to win, he needs to get out of, of Washington. Just leave the franchise. No one's going to judge you if you demand a trade. You've been loyal to just a bad, badly run uh, franchise for so long. You know, you, you, they, get, they gave you the money. You know, people respect you as a player. Um, I don't, maybe he just doesn't want it like that, or he's just comfortable being where he is. He's, I don't know. No one's going to badmouth him though, if he decides to leave, but it's kind of weird that he hasn't, he hasn't explored other options. Like hasn't even tried really. It doesn't seem like, but you know, he's been rumored to be a destination for Miami, which I'll get into here in a bit, but you know, Dallas would be good too. So, you know, but Dallas, they, they struggle to get free agents. You know, I don't know why, um, Mark Cuban seems like a, a good owner to play for. He'll take care of you, you know, get you your money and, or unless you're Steve Nash, which he still doesn't forget about. Uh, but then yeah, no, no, uh, income taxes on, um, in Texas. So you'll get more of your money. James Harden knows that, uh, playing in Houston. So, you know, there, there's a lot to, to think about there, but you know, I, I think Dallas needs to make a move because you know, you have a young piece in, in Luca and you know, people get frustrated when they're young after these, um, after these losses in the playoffs, especially, but great season for him. Um, but yeah, Jason Kidd had said, Oh, you know, if some of us, if we, we come into the season next year in tip top shape, instead of, you know, playing into, uh, into shape and stuff like that, he said something like that, but he was basically talking about, uh, Luca and, and not being in shape and, you know, taking the summer off and stuff. So he was like, yeah, we got to stay on top of it during the, during the summer and the off season and then, you know, come back ready to play kind of thing. But I thought that was a direct shot at, um, at Luca. It was more, I guess more subtle, but, uh, but just the way uh, he answered that. But it, I mean, like I said, great, great season for Dallas. Cause you know, everyone had, Phoenix in the conference finals or in the finals, you know, people weren't picking the Warriors to go to the finals. It was, it was Phoenix or, and no one else. Cause they looked so good, um, compared to everyone else. You know, they were just like, you know, they had, they what 18 losses, right. And Dallas beat them, you know, they were down 2-0 and Dallas came back and beat them. So, um, yeah, a great season for them, but 
you know, now they, they have to figure out how to, you know, continuously get to uh, the Western Conference Finals, how to, you know, get to the finals and, you know, how to improve that team instead of plateauing. So I, I think they have to make a move. Maybe not a big one, but, you know, get get some more depth on that team. Um, someone you could rely on more than, than Luka because, you know, the Warriors, they, they exploited uh, that team, you know. And, and defensively, the Warriors, people were, you know, not really talking about the Warriors defensively, but they have some guys that can guard Luka. But, you know, they didn't have to put Draymond on them all the time. You know, they had Wiggins, they had Kaminga, you know. They had uh, different people that they can throw at them, so... Um, so on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals went to seven games. You know, honestly, I've been I've been a little disappointed with the playoffs so far. Like the first round was good. Um, the Conference Finals weren't weren't that good. There was a couple of good games, you know, with the uh, with the Mavericks and and the Warriors. But the Eastern Conference Finals, like man, what the hell? I, like are the Eastern playoffs like as a whole? Those so so many blowouts. Um, like the first round with the Nets and the and the uh, Celtics was good. I, th- I like the Celtics and the Bucks. That was a good series, but a lot of them were just were just blowouts. Um, and you know the Eastern Conference Finals wasn't any different. You know they they were just blowing each other out back and forth for like the first first five games, and then six and seven were a little bit closer. But even Game Seven, Miami Heat, they were down what uh, like twenty points or some ten points, and they came back. You know, in the fourth quarter, made it interesting. And, you know, after the game or the, the next morning, I was watching uh, SportsCenter and it just had on ESPN, you know. So, um, you know, they kept showing that shot. Jimmy Butler, it was it like 20 seconds left. Uh, they're down by two. You know, they're at home. He was wide open for the three. In transition, gets the rebound on, on the right side. Uh, he shoots the three-pointer and he makes it they they get a one-point lead but then uh boston they would have a chance to obviously take the lead because there, there's so much time left so then if you're miami you have to rely on your defense at that point which you know they have a good de- defense you know they could get physical and stuff but uh i don't have a problem with jimmy butler taking that shot he played the full 48 minutes in that game right put the team on his back what do you have 35 points something like that um, so he was making all kinds of shots all series long he was well, you know he had a couple of bad games but you know most of the series in the playoffs he was making big shots you know he was really staying aggressive and you know taking charge of the offense and in that situation he's supposed to be your best player right your most clutch player he's your leader right there on the team go ahead and take that shot if that's Steph Curry I want him taking that shot if that's LeBron I want him taking that shot. Kevin Durant, for sure. Right? So, if the, if Jimmy Butler is that dude for the Miami Heat, take that shot, man. Right? And so, he took it. And it just it hit the front of the rim. Didn't go in. But if it goes in, if it goes in and they win the game, you know, and they, they get a stop, it's a different conversation. But they kept replaying that same shot. Like, oh, how do you feel about this Jimmy Butler shot? Like, they didn't lose the game because of the Jimmy Butler shot. You know, they could have... I can see... How, you know, if he drove to the basket that, you know, he had an open layup or an open drive. He could have gotten fouled or whatever and gone two and tied the game, which, you know, that's the smart play. Right. And, you know, you could run the clock out a little bit and, you know, tie the game, leave them with, you know, leave them with like five seconds or something. And then Boston would you put some pressure on Boston to try to um, 
hit a quick shot. So that's a smart play, you know. But if Jimmy Butler has an open three, and he's your leader, he's you know with thirty five points per at uh thirty five points for the game at that time, and you know you've been relying on the entire playoff run, just let him take the shot. I don't have a problem with that, right? But the problem is that uh, Miami was, you know, they're beat up. They paid Duncan Robinson, and he couldn't find his way on the court during the playoffs. And then Tyler Hero, he won six man of the year. He bounced back from, you know, his uh, regression after the bubble. And he was out. You know, he was missing some time, too. So they had no depth. And then the guys that they had out there are, you know, they're old, a little bit older. So they can't, they can't you know, give you that high-level um, basketball every game. You know, like Kyle Lowry was injured. So he was up and down. You know, game six, he had 18 points, but then fouled out. And then in game seven, uh, Kyle Lowry wasn't as effective. Um, you know, they were at a point where they had to rely on on Victor Oladipo to produce for them. You know, Tyler Hero was able to play the seventh game, but he only played seven seven minutes, right? And then because he was already missing a bunch of time, so it seemed like it was desperation. And so he didn't even do anything, right? And then, so they're relying on Oladipo, who played 33 minutes that game, only had nine points. But those other games where he seemed like he was back to who he was, but like to have to rely on someone who basically hasn't played in two years like that, you know, that that's tough. You know, you have major injuries right there. Kyle Lowry is going to be, what, 38 next year, 37? He has a lot of wear and tear on his body. He's had a lot of injuries, a lot of nagging injuries. Uh, he's played a lot of playoff minutes. So, like, from here out, like, I don't know where you go from here, right? Like, Jimmy Butler's going to be, what, 35 now next year? And Jimmy Butler's injured, right? He was injured, um, and he just seemed like, he seemed so gassed, kind of like the, the in the bubble. He put so much pressure on himself, um, but he stays aggressive. But, like, you know, he can, he's the leader, right? And he does that, and you can rely on Jimmy Butler in, in big moments in the playoffs, whether it be... You know, bring that energy, playing defense, staying aggressive, or, you know, even scoring and getting other guys involved. Um, that's who I want, you know, leading the team, right? And the but Bam at a bio, like he had, he was so up and down this series, not as aggressive as he should have been. He had a good game seven, 25 and 11, but, you know, there was, was that game three and four? Like he had some, he just had some bad games. And, you know, the way that Boston was able to win this, you know, they played. Well-rounded offensively, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. It's not a traditional big three, but you know it's a homegrown uh, big three. Each of them over twenty points. You know, play good team defense. But you know, as far as Miami goes, like I, I'm not sure. You know what options they have. You know, they'd have some. You know, because they're invested in in some some aging guys, and you know Morris didn't even play at all. Neither did uh, Duncan Robinson. You know they have they you know the big fish for them obviously was was Bradley Beal. They almost got James Harden, but you know um, Pat Riley has this the system in Miami. You have to be below a certain body fat percentage, and you know there's like all kinds of conditioning drills and stuff you have to do. You have to be in better shape basically to play in Miami. And I don't, I don't think uh, James Harden would have worked out for them, but they need to bring in a number two 
a solid number two, kind of like with Dallas, you know. Like, you have Bam Adebayo, who's good at the center position, but you need you need something else, you know. Like, I like Kyle Lowry five years ago, you know. Like, if they had someone like that, but but he's, he's like, at the back end of his career. Like, he probably has maybe one, two years left tops, like, to play at a high level. Like, right now, he's probably just going to be averaging, you know, 15, 17 points. He's going to miss, like, you know, a lot of games here and there. But if you're, like, you're Duncan Robinson, like, you got to figure out how to get get yourself on the court. He, like, Miami just paid Duncan Robinson, and then you have Tyler Hero. So you have two guys who can, who are good shooters at the three-point line. But then, you know, one of them is, he's unplayable in the playoffs. But you just signed him a contract. So, like, what are you doing? You got to figure that out, how to get him out there to get some shots up, right? And then Tyler Hero, like, you got to stay healthy. Like, uh, you just, you got to be available in the big moments in the playoffs for your team. So, like, if you're relying heavily on those two guys and then one of them can't be on the court, like, it just, I don't know, it stretches you out thin, right? Because if he's playing a lot in the regular season and then the playoffs, like, oh, all right, Duncan, get back to the bench. We can't play you. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. And, um, Emi, uh, Udoka, I called him Udoku. Uh, last episode, so I apologize for that, but it's Udoka. Uh, he's such a great coach. You know, just the way he coached up uh, the Boston Celtics and kind of did it in a different way. Didn't coddle them or let them get away with a lot of stuff. Um, mostly just calling them out when he needed to call them out. Challenging them, which is it was a, night, a breath of fresh air. You don't see uh, coaches challenging their players anymore. They kind of get away with whatever. Uh, that's how you get that enti- entitlement in sports. It starts in AAU and like little league and stuff, and you know coaches favoring certain players, letting them get away with whatever, and um, then they just they develop an attitude. You know, like when I was I was coaching basketball in Oregon, I had I had many kids that were just like they thought they were the best. I'm like, dude, you you realize you're like 10 years old, and sure you can hit a couple shots here and there, but you're probably not gonna make it to the NBA or even playing college. So like, just chill out. Be cool, man, and just listen to what I say and pass the ball. You know, passing is just hard to get people to do. But, um, but yeah, just the way he, he coached those guys and, you know, the way that they started. Same with Dallas. You know, they they didn't start well at all. I thought Boston, I'm like, what is Boston doing? I'm like, they, they're you know, everyone's talking about trades and splitting up uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But, you know, just the way that they transformed um, that team throughout the season has been, you know, been fun to watch. And you know what I've been thinking? You know, I think this is officially, well, for the time being, I should say, because things change, uh, you know, players move around all the time, and, you know, there's trades and stuff. But this seems to be the end of the super team era in the NBA for the moment, you know, because if you look at, okay, who were like the super teams? I guess, you know, people said the Lakers were, you know, you had AD LeBron. They added an old uh, Carmelo Anthony. They added Russell Westbrook. You know, they had some big names. So, you know, it's more like the Rockets in the 90s when they had uh, Olajuwon, uh, Barkley, and uh, Pimpin, where, you know, they're at the back ends of their career, didn't do much. But, you know, they called it a super team, sure. Lakers, I guess, considered a super team. You know, the and then they didn't even make the playoffs. So the, um, the favorites to go to the finals in the beginning of the season – if you remember, they wanted Lakers versus Brooklyn Nets, right? And that just was crazy to me. I had, you know, I said, 
If Kyrie gets a shot, they play fully healthy, Harden in shape, a lot of ifs. They can make the finals, right? But I had Milwaukee and Golden State. Then in the East, you look at well, who was the super team there? I guess it was the the Brooklyn Nets, right? You know, Harden, Kyrie, and uh, Kevin Durant. They got swept in the first round by the Boston Celtics. Barely made the playoffs. I think those were the only two super teams, right? And then we went to like the dynamic duos, basically. You get two star players together, and then, you know, you kind of go from there. But I think the only one that's like that right now is, um, is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, maybe. But, you know, Kawhi's been out. So we haven't seen what the Clippers could be until he comes back next year, maybe. But, you know, they're, so now we're kind of like the way that the NBA is or whoever who has made it into the finals. And then even like these conference finals with like with the Heat and then, you know, with Dallas, Dallas had one guy in Luka. And then, you know, you build around those guys. Right. And then. Like, even the Suns, I don't consider them a super team. You know, they had an aging point guard in, in Chris Paul who made everything go. But, you know, they drafted DeAndre Ayton. They drafted Devin Booker. And then they signed some role players here and there. You know, you bring Cameron Payne in from overseas. Um, you know, you, you draft Mikael Bridges, who I really like. Um, you know, you sign Crowder. So they drafted, like, the core pieces to their team, even though they're going to lose Ayton. So homegrown talent. You develop them, you scout them yourselves, right? Um, Boston, you know, for Boston, it's like, you know, they drafted Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. You know, they brought back Al Horford, who they had before. Uh, they drafted Marcus Smart. There was trade rumors there. You know, so these are all guys who have been, you know, with the, the same team. There's continuity there in, in Boston, right? They've gone to four conference Eastern Conference Finals. They finally got over the hump you know, made it to the finals. Um, like I said, I think I, this playoff run is going to elevate Jason Tatum. A lot of people are going to put him in tier one, you know, depending on how he plays in the finals. Like, oh, you know, he's he's elevating other guys. He's making other teams, other teammates better, which I agree with. He, that's true. I think he is doing that. Um, and then you, you look at the Warriors. We know there's continuity there, right? You know, they drafted. I remember when they drafted Steph Curry, watched him in Davidson. I'm like, who is this scrawny guy? hitting threes, hitting deep shots, and, and you know, uh, beating powerhouses and uh, it, it, during March Madness. It was, it was just amazing. And then uh, they draft Draymond Green. Who was that after? Uh, they draft uh, Clay Thompson. You know, and then they had some, some, some other players there at the time. You know, they um, the, the one trade, I guess, a big trade for them was to bring in uh, Andrew Bogut. You know, traded Monte Ellis for him. Um you know, and then they brought in some some role players around, you know, here and there. That you know, they had Sean Livingston, uh, Leonardo Barbosa, you know, some guys here and there. Um, and then you know, they had drafted Harrison Barnes, who was part of that first iteration of the Warriors in 2015. So they've had the same dudes, you know. And then you know, since Mark Jackson was there, then they bring in Steve Kerr, and they've had the same coach the whole time, right? And then with Boston, they had Brad Stevens. Now he's in the fr front office. And then now they have Yudoka running the team. And then, you know, for the Warriors, when they brought in uh, Kevin Durant, you know, they had all these expectations. You know, everyone's picking them to win every time, which, you know, they did. They won, what, two out of three? I think they would have won that third one um, against Toronto. 
but you know, Kevin Durant got injured, and then I think they still would have won even without Kevin Durant because Clay Thompson was popping off, but then he got injured too, and then after that they didn't they were stretched too thin, so they couldn't they couldn't win that. But most of that talent though has been homegrown. They drafted Kevon Looney too. I think he's part of it just as much as the other guys because he's been there uh, in big moments. He shows up, you know. It's like, what was that, game four, game five, where he had 21 rebounds? So I think this is a very interesting time in the NBA personally because you don't have a team that you're like, oh, I think that team's going to win. That's for sure a win. And then because some people, they're not interested in that. I like more parity. But I will say... I, I, I'm going to gloat, even though they haven't won yet. I, I said, hey, the Warriors are going to the finals. I was wrong about Milwaukee. You know, Boston, they showed up at the end, you know, defensively and everything, and now they're in the finals. But people were sleeping on this Warriors team. A lot of people didn't pick them, honestly. They were picking the Suns. People were even fucking picking Memphis, dude. Okay. This Warriors team, they have the pedigree. They have Klay Thompson back. Um, you know, they have the same people there. They know how to win. And the the what the Warriors are doing is just amazing to me timeline wise. Because if I was a GM, I already told you I w- it would have messed up because I would have traded those two picks for Bradley Beal. I would have had I would have traded for a twenty eight year old, twenty nine year old Bradley Beal, and I would have shortened the window that the Warriors have already. I would have shortened it by fucking what's the age difference between Kaminga Moody and uh, and uh, uh, Beal like. Eight years, nine years, I would have shortened it by nine years because I think those are two foundational, future foundational pieces for the Warriors. And so I would have messed up. You know, maybe they win a couple here, you know, if they have Beal short term. But the Warriors are trying to be good for a long period of time, right? So they're in an interesting transitional period. Like they're thinking about the future with Wiseman, they need to get him healthy. With Moody, Kaminga, Jordan Poole is still. How old is Jordan Poole? 22? Like, that dude's going to be a superstar. He's a star right now, and he shows up, you know, but he needs to find more consistency. But, man, I love watching him play. He drives to the basket. He's, he's got some skills there, right? So, right there, I just named four players who are, like, under 23 years old, right, for the, for the Warriors. Like, so, that's the future right there. And if they're still on this team, they'll get some minutes in the playoffs, Hope maybe in the finals, get that experience. But then you still have Draymond who's, what is he now, 31, 32, something like that. You got Clay, 32, 33, Steph, 34. Like, they're still playing well, right? Draymond's still playing at a high level, I think. Steph Curry, maybe he's not 2015, 2016, or, you know, any of those MVP years, Steph Curry, but he's still fucking Steph Curry, and he'll kill you, you know, if he needs to, right? And Clay, he's getting his legs under him. He has some big moments in the playoffs. Game six, Clay showed up against the Memphis Grizzlies and he can, and even in that uh, that closeout game against Dallas he hit how many threes did he hit he hit six, seven threes like he can still do it defensively is you know as I've said in the past is where I I see struggles for him he's he's not as good of an on-ball defender doesn't have that lateral quickness still but you know maybe by next year maybe he'll get his legs under him but the thing about this team is that you don't have to rely on him that much right you still have Wiggins who can show up in big moments he had, he's had a, a great playoff run which is great because he looked good early in the season without clay I don't know how but he made it to an all-star game right and then when clay came back he was so lost he was shooting 
I swear, I think it was 13% from free throw line. Like, he just couldn't shoot. He was, like, in his own head. Couldn't figure out how to how to fit in this team. He had that great dunk against on Luka against the Dallas Mavericks. Like, he seems to be, like, alive now. And, he, you know, he's only, like, 26 years old, which is crazy. So, if you put Wiggins, you got Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, Jordan Poole. That's five guys right there, right, for the future of the Warriors. But then they still got these other older guys, and then you mix it all together. And it just makes this, it's just this championship pedigree that the Warriors have. So, you, you can win now. You could win in a few years. Like it's it's just insane to me how they they managed to pull this off because other other teams would have would I mean fuck I just told you I would have made the trade for for Bradley Beal and I know other GMs would have done the same because they start they start getting uh, they start getting antsy like I gotta make a move I gotta do something big I gotta be in the headlines you know so it's like uh, they they were patient and you know they they didn't make the playoffs for two years. You know, they were terrible. I like I still watched them because I wanted to watch Steph Curry score 35 points and Draymond Green get, you know, get ejected or something. It was still entertaining because I just love watching them play basketball. But, um, but yeah, you know, without them for two years, people were, people were like, oh, the dynasty's over, all this. Like, no, the, the, the run with Kevin Durant is over. Just wait till Clay comes back. Let's take a two-year break, get some rest, all good. You know, um, rest those knees because they were playing – deep playoff minutes and they're in the finals like five years in a row you know so or not five years in a row but they had uh deep playoff runs for for that that time and they just kept going to the finals and that's a lot of wear and tear but for but for steph curry um this finals appearance that they went three years in a row and they went to 2019 uh but for steph curry this could be a sixth appearance uh draymond green's sixth appearance uh, Clay Thompson's sixth appearance. Um, this this elevates them as as a trio, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think they win twenty nineteen. But for them to, if they win this one, they win without Kevin Durant. Th- I think this is my favorite team to watch uh, because just because you know twenty fifteen was great because but they they didn't it was like they didn't know what they were doing and I had no idea what was going on. I'm like oh my god, like is this actually gonna happen? They're gonna win the NBA Finals? Like this is crazy. And then they won. Uh, but now this iteration of this team is just like I, I love this version of the Warriors because like Clay, you know he was out for two years. He realized what it was without basketball. He had that whole the, his the emotional return. I still I get emotional watching play still. Like it's just crazy. Like Clay is just like a cool ass dude, and I just I love watching play. And he just seems so chill and like down to earth. And then uh, for Steph and Draymond, like. Two years out of without being in the playoffs, and you know, like with Kevin Durant, you know, Draymond alluded to this as well. Was that you know the expectations are high. Like if if it's it's a failure if you don't win the championship, and so it's expected. So it's different when you're there. But now they're in like this other point of their career where you know they're mentoring the young guys, Jordan Poole, Kaminga, and you know Moody and and guys like that. And you know Draymond has even said like he's taking the father figure role instead of the big brother which i love that that um that common by him it's just like okay i I see where where they're going now now i feel like there's a greater appreciation for it because of what they've all been through together you know injuries here and there iguodala's you know probably not gonna play in the finals he has like a neck nerve injury Uh, but it's a good spot for them to be in so this is my yeah my favorite version of, of this warrior's 
uh, run because you know everyone thought it was over, and but here they are, and um, and, and I think this this elevates Steph Curry. I think he's gonna he's gonna try to get you know obviously win, but he wants that Finals MVP because that's the only thing that people talk about is oh he doesn't have Finals MVP. He gets to the finals. He's the leader of the teams that win. Even when they had uh, Kevin Durant, he you know he took a step back to KD. Obviously, KD was an overall better player. I, th- I think uh, Steph was more impactful because of the way that they guard. Um, but you know this this is his sixth appearance, like I said, right? And you know he wins another one. He has four championships. If this is supposed to be I'm gonna. This is gonna sound crazy. I know. Maybe I'm living in the moment. Sure, but it's over a, a an extended period of time. If this is supposed to be LeBron James's era, right? Or maybe his era is over, but you know he still still has that presence in the NBA. Uh, another player shouldn't have the same championships as whoever's era it belongs to, right? You want to say it's LeBron's? He has four championships, and uh, Steph Curry has four. All if Steph Curry wins this, he'll have four too. So. You know who are you taking, right? I just, I just think that's interesting. You know, you have, you'll have both who are playing for. You know, LeBron's probably gonna be remembered as as a greater player. Obviously, I would say uh, Steph is more impactful. You know, in the way that players start playing and you know kids start practicing their shots, and you have you have people hitting half court shots, and you know the evolution of, of Trey Young and other guards, and, and just you know um, how important. You know, it's not just on Steph, but like just in general, how important uh, three-point shooting has become in the NBA. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for this series. This final series starts on Thursday, uh, so we'll finally preview that. You know, for the Boston Celtics, it's it's very similar, except the Boston Celtics haven't gone over the hump yet as to to win the championship or anything, or, or had a Finals appearance. But they got the same guys, man. You know, the Jalen Browns and Marcus Smart and tatums and stuff and you know had some pieces here and there added um so and you know they're young too which is crazy is that they're so young but they already have so much experience because they've been to so many uh conference finals before they've been in big moments big games and they've had their their share of playoff collapses and um it's just, I love that they that they didn't break up Jalen Brown Jason Tatum for a moment there a while there I still think uh, Jalen Brown could be uh, like the best player on a team. I thought he was better than Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum wasn't elevating, but um, it's Jason Tatum's team now. You know, and Jalen Brown is number two, Marcus Morris number three. They all fit in their roles perfectly. They got that great team defense. Just the thing with uh, Jalen Brown, he could improve on so much. He's kind of streaky for some reason. You know, scoring. He could be good defensively if he's if he doesn't you know take a step back and stuff, and he stays aggressive, and then. He's not that good of a dribbler. Like, he turns the ball over a lot, and people kind of take the ball from him, like, way too many times. But, you know, he's still he's still improving. Because when he came in, he couldn't shoot worth a damn. He couldn't shoot a lot at Cal at all. He couldn't really score that much. You know, he had to drive to the basket a lot. So he is improving with time. You know, obviously, Jason Tatum's improving. Marcus Smart still still getting better. Just one defensive player of the year. So they all know their roles. And, um, I mean, yeah, w- even with all that experience that they had, like, they're still young. And, you know, if they win this championship here against the Warriors, I'm telling you, this will elevate them. People want to come to Boston, be, be role players with this Boston team because, you know, they realize the youth that they have, but you still have the experience. So that's a, a great place to be in for this Boston Celtics team because they're still really hungry, but then, you know, they can 
they can put it on you defensively and offensively. But the only thing that concerns me with this team is um, they're, I don't know, like during this playoff run, like they gave up a lot of uh, big leads, you know, to Miami, especially that we saw most recently in the conference finals was that, I mean, they were just, they were exchanging big blows each game. Oh, here, we're going to beat you by 20, beat you by 30. Like, they were losing by, by 20, winning by 20. Like, they were just taking turns like that. And then in game seven, you need to win that. And they, they had, like, what was it, a 20-point lead, whatever. And then they, they let Miami come back in that. They have Sometimes they have bad possessions where they rely on on bad shots, and they, they just give up big leads like that, you know. So that's that's the only thing I'm worried about. It's like you can't. You can't give a big lead to Golden State with Steph and, you know, Poole and, and, and Clay with all those weapons there. But, you know, I will say Boston, you know, um, they play tough, obviously, right? They're the only team who has a has a winning record against um, against Golden State since all this started, right? And then they most recently played, what was that, in March when Marcus Smart, you know, had the rollover on Steph, injured his ankle. So there's already some some history there between these two teams. Um, you know, I think uh, Steph was like, oh, no, this is not a dirty play or whatever. I think Kerr probably called it dirty. So there's already some bad blood there, I think. And I think this is going to be a very, very physical series. Maybe not as physical as um, Golden State Memphis was or, or Boston and uh, Milwaukee was. Uh, but I think this will go six. I think, you know, uh, Boston will be able to hang with them for a bit. But I think the Warriors are pulling away, um, you know, because the Warriors play good team defense too now. You know, people, you know, they want to t- uh, point out Poole uh, not being a good defender, you know. But if they could get back uh, Gary Payton the second, who got injured in Memphis, um, then, you know, that could be another person that they could put on Jason Tatum or, or you know, Jalen Brown. You know, because he's a good defender, man. You know, he'll lock you up, right? And then you could put Wiggins on someone. You could put Kaminga. You still have Draymond Green, who's who's one of the better uh, defensive players in the league. And then Curry playing good, um, you know, uh, team defense. You know, I know Clay's not what he was, and you know, Poole is a liability too. So, but you know, they all balance each other out, right? So, um, I think this goes six games, and I'm taking the Warriors, taking my preseason pick, and I'm excited for the series. Uh, but that's all I have for this week's episode. Um, yeah, hopefully this uh, this series makes up for how uh, bad some of the the playoff games were because there was I felt like there was so many so many blowouts um, you know back and forth in the East and the West and it was just I just hated it. It was just like bad basketball. Like the first round was good, but but you know it some of it was just bad. So um, but yeah, <clears throat> thanks for joining me for this week's episode. We will be back uh, next week. I need to start uh, staying on my my weekly schedule. Um, you know, I, ha- I have to do that. I'll have some obligations here soon. But, uh, but yeah, we'll talk next week. Thanks.